Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Jill Welke is here with you this morning. It's a Friday morning, and I'm back in the hot seat. It's been a little while since I've been back here, so please be a little patient. We've got a lot of chores to get through this morning. We're going to be talking about farm organization changes. We're going to be talking about small towns in Iowa losing some jobs to Mexico, as well as U.S. ethanol production and August 1st is the last day to turn in nominations for the FSA office committee. I was out and adventuring yesterday. I went to the Eau Claire County Fair. Boy, those kids, those steers. I went to the beef show. Those steers were really, really nice-looking steers. They seem to be fed out really well this year. And, boy, those kids work hard and do a good job getting the animals all ready. There was a lot of chickens and a lot of rabbits around there, too. And uh, even with the numbers down from last year, there's still a lot of activities going on. Today, they're going to be having their hog show starting at 8 o'clock. I'm going to be adventuring up to Dunn County Fair, which I've never been there before, and see what's going on up there. I believe their hog show is today also. I'm going to get a chance to talk to the fairest of the fair. Hopefully, I can track her down and talk to her at one of the fairs, but... That's my goal for the day, and I was able to talk to some beef exhibitors and yesterday that did really well at the Eau Claire County Fair, and I'm going to collect up some more interviews from Dunn County Fair, but there's a lot of stuff going on out there. Get on out. We should be having some nice weather for the weekend, and let's take a little look at our weather. Today, our high is supposed to be 80 and sunny with tonight. 54. Tomorrow we're going to stretch on up to 86 and sunny with a nighttime low of 64. And starting on Sunday, the humidity is going to start rolling in with a high of 88. Monday, high of 84. Tuesday, 88 and humid all those days. And next week, we're going to get into the hot. 
and get up to 93 on Wednesday, and Thursday is 90 and hot. So if you have stuff outside to do, get it done this weekend, because next week it looks like it's going to be turning on the heat. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Markwart Motors. Your Markwart Motors service department is open for your 5,000-mile scheduled maintenance visit with a complimentary tire rotation, vehicle health check, and car wash. Schedule yours at markwartmotors.com. We're going to have a little bit of music. I'm having a little trouble getting some news on, so maybe we'll just be doing a little extra music this morning, which I'm good with. But we need to get those chores started, and we'll get rolling with them. So we're going to do some chores, and then we're going to hear from John Party and Dirt on My Boots. And she lost 20 pounds in the first two months. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And that was John Party with a little dirt on my boots. And, you know, that feels really appropriate for the farm show. And as I said before, I'm having a little trouble with the news, so I think we're going to be skipping over that. But, well, let's talk a little bit about some of the fairs happening around the area. As I said, I was to Eau Claire County Fair this yesterday. Dunn County Fair is going on. Monroe County Fair, Polk County Fair, and Taylor County Fair are all going on this weekend through Sunday. Get on out. The weather should be great. See what's happening out there. And, you know, appreciate all the work that those kids put into their projects. And they can't, none of that can be done without the help of their parents. Their parents are important people. And that was one of the messages from the judge yesterday is to make sure you give that thank you out to people that have helped you along the way. Sometimes it doesn't seem like much, but, you know, a thank you goes a long way. Well, also later on today, we'll be talking, uh, Steph got the chance to talk to Sean Edwards about, and he's a meat craftsman. We'll find out all about what that uh, entails. And Brent Wink will be in later on this af- later on during the show. Not this afternoon, just later on this morning, later on in the hour. So we don't have the news to run to, so we're going to hear from Tim McGraw and where the green grass grows. Temperatures around the area here in Eau Claire, we're at 57. Medford, 53. Rice Lake, 54. Wausau, 56. Green Bay, 59. Marshfield, 55. La Crosse, 60. Madison, 63, and Milwaukee is at 64. It's pretty clear out there. We should have a lot of sunshine today here on here in the Wax 104 area. And we're going to do some more chores, and then we're going to be getting on to markets. Well, we went over our, our uh, <laughs> temperatures and our weather already, and our... Markets are brought to us by Rural Mutual Insurance. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. For those who work in acres, not in hours. 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our markets are brought to us by Rural Mutual Insurance. We'll start out with our cash livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 137 to 149 with mixed a dollar to a dollar 36. Choice fed beef heifers are a dollar 35 to a dollar 43 and a half with mixed at a dollar 20 to a dollar 33. Choice fed Holstein steers are a dollar 23 to a dollar 43. Cows are 65 to 97 with bulls at 58 to 107. Butcher hogs are 82 to 92 with sows at 65 to 68. Boars are 10 to 30. New crop market lambs are a dollar to a dollar 25. Feeder lambs are 75 to a dollar 90. Ewes are 70 to a dollar 20. Small goats are 25 to 135 dollars. Medium goats are 112 to 190 dollars. Large goats are 165 to 400 dollars. And nanny goats are 50 to 265 dollars. And let's roll on over to our futures markets. Live cattle for August are sitting at a dollar thirty six to dollar thirty hundred thirty six seventeen and a half down sixty two and a half for August and October they're at one forty one eighty two and a half down fifty cents December they're at one forty seven seventy seven and a half down forty cents our feeder cattle. For August, they're at one seventy-seven forty-two and a half, down a dollar sixty-seven and a half. September, they're at one hundred eighty twenty, down a dollar sixty-five. For October, they're at one eighty-two seventy-five seventy-two and a half, down a dollar seventy-five. November, they're at one eighty-four twenty-seven and a half, down a dollar eighty-five. Our lean hog carcasses for August, they're at one nineteen twelve and a half. Oh, must be up 52 and a half. I'm having a little trouble reading my writing here. October, they're at 96, 32 and a half, down 12 and a half. December, they're at 86, 92 and a half, down 45 cents. And February, they're at 89, 82 and a half, down 47 and a half. And that's like a look at our Chicago Board of Trade. Corn is trending upward. And for December, they're at six twenty-two, up three cents. Oats, they're trending downward. For December, they're at four dollars and thirty-five cents, down two and a half cents. Soybeans, for November, they're at fourteen fifty-eight, up seventeen cents. Soybean meal for October is four hundred twenty-three dollars a ton, up two and a half dollars a ton. Wheat for December, they're at nine dollars and seven cents, up a dime. Oh, rolling on to our. Dairy markets. Barrel barrels are at one dollar eighty four and a half cents, down eleven and a quarter. Forty pound blocks are dollar eighty five, down eight and three quarters. Grade double A butter is at two ninety five and a half, down three and three quarters. Our class three milk for July is twenty two fifty four, up three cents. August twenty seventeen, down fifty cents. September nineteen eighty three, down forty nine cents. October's twenty dollars and eighteen cents down fifty six cents. November's twenty dollars and forty five cents down forty five cents, and trending downward into next year. And that's a little look at our markets. We're going to be doing some more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Audra Sandberg. She did some fantastic things at the Eau Claire County Fair. Job and really had a fabulous fair this year. You started out in the steer show. The steer show ended up going my way pretty good. Um, I ended up having grand champion steers, so I'm very thankful for that. And how big was he? And tell me about him. 
He weighed 1326 and he's a shorthorn plus. Are you in charge of all of his daily feeding and what did it take to get him here? Yeah, so I get up every morning pretty early before the sun comes out and I wash him for 30 minutes in the morning and then I take him in and brush his hair forward and he stays under fans all day and he gets fed two to three times a day and rinsed two to three times a day for 30 minutes. So he ended up with a pretty deep hair coat then. Yep, it took a lot of work. Along with that deep hair coat, you did pretty well in some fitting. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I won best fitted with my market steer, so that basically means that I had him dressed up the best and put the most work into his hair. We're going to roll right over to the heifer show. Pretty good showing there, too. Tell me about that. So my Red Angus heifer, Gidget, got um, first in her Red Angus class, and then she ended up coming out with Supreme Heifer. Tell me about Gidget. Gidget's a Red Angus, and I picked her up the day she was born on my farm, and we've been besties ever since. So does she get a lot of the same kind of treatment that your steer gets? Yep, the exact same. So you're out there and you got two hands, so two animals, right? Yep. She did pretty well when it came to getting her all gussied up too, didn't she? Yep, she also won best fitted heifer. For the culmination of the show, we end up with showmanship. How'd that turn out? I ended up getting pulled back from my first heat in the senior showmanship and then I ended up winning the senior showmanship overall so that was pretty cool. What did the judge have to say about showmanship or your animals? He said that he could tell that I was out there doing my best all day and that I was helping other people so he admired that and wanted someone that was all around a good showman and helping him out. And would that be your advice for somebody else that's going into the show ring? Yep, no matter who it is and what they need help with, always just try to help someone out and be there for them and give them a hand because at the end of the day, it matters. And that was Miss Audra Sandberg here at the Eau Claire County Fair. And I'm Joe Welke. And thank you. Big shout out to Audra. Boy, she really takes care of those cattle. And boy, they had quite the hair coat on them. We're going to do a little bit more chores and then we're going to do some... Farm News. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And as I said, there's farm organizations going through upper management changes. First, it was the Wisconsin Farmers Union that saw President Rick Adamski step aside and take the job as the organization's government relations director. That meant former President Darren Von Ruden has come back as the group's president. Now the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation has announced that their chief administration officer, Kim Picorni, is resigning to become an agriculture teacher in the Wapan area. So Farm Bureau President Kevin Krenz has stepped up to take that job as well. Picorni will leave Farm Bureau, Bureau on August 10th. U.S. ethanol production for the week is down 13,000 barrels per day to just over 1 million barrels. Ethanol stocks are down 225,000 barrels to 23.33 million, the second highest on record for this week. Even with gasoline demand higher this week, it is still 1% below last year. And compared to last year, gasoline demand has been down for seven straight weeks. Based on the current ethanol production trends, the USDA's 537 Five billion corn bushels could be 35 million bushels too high if an estimate of an estimate of used. August 1st is the last day to turn in nominations for the 2022 Local Farm Service Agency County Committee election process. 
farmers have until Monday to nominate eligible candidates to serve on county committees. In order to be eligible to hold an office as a county committee member, individuals must be involved in a program administered by the FSA, live in the area, and be eligible to vote in a county committee election. For more information, contact your local FSA office. And that's a look at our farm news. We're going to do a little bit more chores, and then we're going to be heading down to Madison. And Stephanie Hoff, she's talking to Sean Edwards about being a meat craftsman. Meat is on our mind this week at the Midwest Farm Report. As yesterday, we talked about meat talent, developing more folks to be in the industry. Bob Osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. But we have real craftsmen in this industry, just like uh, the master cheesemakers. We now have master craftsmen in the meat industry in Wisconsin. Stephanie, what's that all about? That's right, Bob. Fast forward from getting your start to the industry to then achieving one of the highest titles you can get, master meat crafter. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And Bob, the master meat crafter I'm talking about today had a unique journey toward his calling. He went from working in finance to Na- in Nashville to working in culinary arts for the Cirque du Soleil show to then being a head chef in Manhattan. And today, Master Meat Crafter Sean Edwards works at Jones Meat Market in Fort Atkinson. He encourages other culinary students to get involved in meat processing, and he advocates for the Master Meat Crafter program. He tells me why coming up. But first, he says he never thought he'd become a meat processor when he started his career. No. <laughs> Uh, in a word, no, I didn't. Um, I say that all the time, but I really do um, enjoy it uh, now. I enjoy the science behind it, um, and I enjoy the engineering behind it. Uh, for us being a larger producer, we have to use a lot of different um, equipment. And so my job is to kind of not only create new recipes, but maximize that equipment and uh, try to keep it as old school as possible while using new technology. Now, tell me how the Master Meat Crafter program fit into this, because that was also a part of your journey. Yeah, so when I first got here uh, to Jones, um, Philip Jones, the president, sent me to the Master Meat Crafters program, um, where I really had no meat crafting background or meat processing background. So um, from culinary school, we did a small amount, but we were really able to dive directly into um the depths of, of what it is to process meat, whether it's curing it, whether it's butchery or fermentation. So it really helped me to understand what was happening to the products when we introduced different ingredients and different processes to them. Yeah, so when exactly did you go? What year were you? 2014. I was okay. here about a year before before that happened. And, so. and your boss clearly saw value in it if he's sent you. Yes, and actually we've had several people since then go through there. So Parker has been through there. I believe Dustin Moldenhauer and a few other people, might, and uh, Lisa Karras, I believe, are in the pro- uh, program right now, which Lisa is Philip's daughter, and she is in our head of our marketing department. So a lot of different people and a lot from a lot of different areas of of the industry here inside the corporation, I should say. And when you were in the program, who were some of your classmates? Yeah, you know, they, most of them were centered around um, Wisconsin, but there were people from your local uh, meat 
meat markets to people from Johnsonville, Tyson, ourselves. Actually, Jim, the other guy that I work with here who is product development manager, he also went through it with me. So, yeah, from all walks of life. And you described learning the science behind the meat. But walk us through maybe some of the specifics that you can recall from the classes you took, the projects you did. Yeah, I mean... I learned, you got to remember, I was, I didn't know anything, so I got to learn everything. Um, so, you know, how salt interacts with the proteins in the meat, um, injecting, and how, you know, when you inject a product, a lot of times you have to really be careful of, of, of whether you need to tumble it or not, or otherwise you might get tiger striping and all these other little things in industry knowledge that I had no idea about because coming from a culinary background, you know, I was working in restaurants and I wasn't necessarily doing big time meat processing at that time. So I would say all of that, um, even to breaking down the animals. Um, you know, we got to do a little bit of a primal work when we were in culinary school, but there you got to do the whole carcass. And I mean, I got to see it from beginning to end. So it was really, and then we got to eat some of the products that we made at the end of it. And so that was pretty unique as well. Were you nervous to try anything that you created? No, no, I wasn't. I, I trusted uh, Jeff and, and and the crew there at UW Madison's. Yeah. Who were some of the educators, and where do they where did they hail from? Um, there were uh, groups from all over the place. I know there was Annie Minikowski. He was from UW Madison, but he was also an old Oscar Mayer um, food scientist, I believe. Yeah, Jeff Sindelar. There were guys from DadCap there. Um, there were industry people like Cole Schrader, who at the time was working for a smokehouse company. Um, there was also a professor from University of Texas, Texas A&M, University of Iowa. I mean, they were from all over the place. So it was a very wide breadth of, of um, knowledge. When you attend Master Me Crafters, you're also working and going to school, right? Right. So I can't remember exactly how many sessions there are, but you go for basically, I think it might be six or nine. I cannot remember over the course of, I think, two years. Um, we'll go a Thursday and a Friday, and you'll do it all day, two all-day classes. But, yes, you stay in your job, and you actually have a plant project or a, something that pertains to your business. Um, there were some people who did you know, introducing a website to their company or like I did was uh, Cure Accelerators and how that helps color holding capacity in, in um, Canadian bacon. You know, so there is just a wide breadth of things. I would say you devoted as much time as you wanted or needed to. Um, no, did it take a whole lot out of your job? Like I said, a couple uh, days, I think every few months. So not anything like that, but I think the knowledge that you gain from it is worth every minute that you spend away from work. And it's paid back a million times over, especially for me, just being able to grow and understand more and more about... The more I learn, the more I know I learn from that class. It's pretty interesting. So <laughs> um, I would say, if, as far as for me, it's helped my career immensely. I'm, I'm still here after nine years, so... Is there a specific example you can share with us of something you learned at, in the Master Meat Crafters program that you brought to Jones or that you used it, you know, here? I would say actually uh, 
both of the projects that we worked on, myself and uh, Jim, we took here. So we started using, mine was on the cure accelerators and color holding capacity. So in uncured meat, a lot of times you'll lose the cured color under fluorescent lights. So adding cherry powder to it is uh, helps to set the color and also um, add a little bit more shelf life to it. And so that was what my plant project was. And I actually used that. We switched over and added cherry powder to our product. Um, same thing with Jim. Actually worked on uh, some chop procedure um, work on turkey bacon, and we ended up using that as well. So we did. T- we took our plant projects and implemented them into our uh, into our corporation. What about now? You know, ten years later, are you still referencing back to things that you've learned, and how? All the time. All the time. I have the books sitting in my office and I refer to them anytime I have a question about oh is this PPM right or I need to check my math or what about this formula that we did Um, I look back to all that stuff all the time it's something that I use daily basis what about relationships that you know you you were networking while you were through the program you were working closely with industry professionals professors classmates it's been a um an unbelievable resource we have um anytime i need anything i can pick up the phone and call jeff um or any of those people who are in the class i have you have a list of their names and contact information and if you need to get a hold of them a lot most of them will answer the phone and be happy to help you and today, are you encouraging others interested in, in meat processing careers, or maybe they they are started in their career and they want to get better? Is this a program that you uh, advocate for? It is. It is. And actually, I spend a lot of time too talking to culinary students about the opportunities that are in the meat industry and the food industry outside of just restaurants. And I think that uh, this is one that I always tell people about is that this is a fantastic program that will definitely do nothing but help uh, grow your knowledge and your career. When you were attending Master Meat Crafters, you were in the old school building. Have you been to the new meat science building? What do you think about it? I have. I have been in there. I got the pleasure to go about three or four months ago, and it is a phenomenal facility. I mean, it is a model of, of food safety, of harvesting, um, and and a model of being able to teach. There's beautiful classrooms that overlook demonstration facilities and or demonstration rooms. It's um, it is world class for sure. So I'm excited for those who are taking the class now to be able to experience that because um, we were in a pretty tight little area. And when we look at some of the challenges that meet businesses, meat processors are, are facing today. We know there's labor issues. Do you see Master Meat Crafters helping some of those issues, or, or or do you feel like you're better equipped to handle some of these challenges because of that program? I would say yes. Um, you know, since I have taken the class, the, the supply chain and the labor issues have changed quite a bit. I mean, there's always been some supply chain issues, but I know that they are... are working on that and having um, other solutions for that. They're teaching that at the school. Um, so I do think that uh, it will help industry people with both those issues. And that was Stephanie talking to 
Sean Edwards about meat and meat craftsmen. Brent Wink is in the house. We're going to do some more chores, and then we're going to hear from the weather and get some local news, and then we'll be hearing from Brent Wink. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's about 25 minutes before 6 o'clock. Time to slide on over to Mike Dandria. Mike, are you ready for me? (laughs) I am ready. Are you ready for me now? That's the question. (laughs) I'm always ready for you. I made sure that you weren't out on the patio before I... (laughs) Before oh. I did my slides, so oh my gosh, it was beautiful. I love this morning. Just it's so comfortable. You know, temperatures are a little on the cooler side, but I love this time of uh, well, maybe not necessarily this time of year, but like you know what I'm talking about in the fall when you have that uh, sweater weather in the morning, but warm enough during the day to wear short sleeves. Like oh. that's just amazing. Absolutely, and great sleeping weather. Mm-hmm. Give the AC a break and to open <laughs> those windows because I'm looking like maybe next week we might need it again. Yeah, after this uh, well-deserved break, they're going to be put back to work next week because today we'll have uh, mostly sunny conditions as high pressures built into our neck of the woods and our temperatures will get into the upper 70s and low 80s, mostly clear tonight with uh, mid-50s for our lows. Tomorrow we'll start to warm up a little bit. Winds will shift more out of the south, mostly sunny, and mid to even upper 80s are possible in a few locations and we start to see that humidity pick up by tomorrow night. Mostly clear, lows dipping to the mid-60s. And Sunday, well, we'll have mostly sunny conditions. It's going to be hot, upper 80s, good bit of humidity. And then Sunday night brings us a chance at some showers and possibly a thunderstorm that could carry on into the early hours of Monday morning. But otherwise, we'll start to clear out going into the afternoon. Mostly sunny for Monday. A little cooler, but still humid, mid-80s for our highs. Mostly clear Monday night, low 60s. Tuesday, again, we're getting back into the heat. Mostly sunny, mid to upper 80s. And Wednesday, that is where it's just going to get downright hot and humid, uh, partly sunny, and highs getting into the mid-90s. So, uh, yeah, that AC is going to be put to work. But at the moment, we have a very beautiful sunrise and a very comfortable temperature of 57 degrees in Eau Claire. This is like great fair weather. Absolutely. I would say that that's a fair assessment there, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go adventure out to another fair today, too, so... We'll get all our fair stuff in, and then next week we'll just kind of hang on and hold on to the bumper. Sounds good. Well, you have yourself a great day, Jill. Enjoy it. You as well. Thank you. And that was Mike Dandria. Our words are hard this morning. TV 13 weather is brought to us by Chippewa Valley Bean. Our weather brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean, the world's largest kidney bean processor, based right here in Menominee, Wisconsin, wishes all the great Wisconsin farmers a productive and successful end to our 2022 growing season. With harvest just around the corner, it's the perfect time to be looking ahead to next year's rotation, which could include kidney beans. Kidney beans are competitively priced and highly profitable, making them a great addition to your rotation. Call Ben at 715-664-8342 or visit them at cvbean.com to see if growing kidney beans is right for you. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we get to hear from Morgan with some local news. Probably better than that. National news anyway. What's up, Morgan? 
Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today. We'll start locally with fire investigators in Chippewa Falls calling a home fire suspicious. And now we can say that there's more to that story. Police announcing the arrest of 58-year-old Scott Vanigan for Wednesday's fire at a home just north of downtown Chippewa Falls. Police not identifying the victim in the case or saying how they died. They say they knew the victim, though, and firefighters called the fire suspicious right from the get-go. The cause remains under investigation. We look a little bit closer at a now former swim coach at a suburban Indianapolis High School who's looking at stalking charges in our state for traveling to meet a woman that he followed online. Investigators say 45-year-old Matthew Paparonis paid a child $5 to deliver a note to the woman who was sitting at her boyfriend's baseball game in Plover. She immediately called the police. He apparently told the woman he followed her to go home and was stalking her for days. The woman is the only fans model and investigators say he started paying her for pictures there. Looking into other headlines closer to us, a man who admitted to killing his sister and her husband in Fall Creek in 2017 wants a new plea deal. Wayne Price Wednesday asked an Eau Claire County judge for a chance to change his guilty plea. He's serving nearly a 30-year sentence in the case. Price says his lawyers didn't do their job and didn't fully inform him of any options in his first trial. Looking into other headlines, we go to the courts, where a Dane County judge went after Assembly Speaker Robin Voss and former State Supreme Court Justice Mike Abelman as she ruled against them yesterday in an open records case. Despite objections from Voss's lawyers, Judge Valerie Bailey Ray said liberal watchdog group American Oversight is entitled to attorney fees. The denial of public access is generally is contrary to the public interest and only in an exceptional case may access be denied. Bailey Wren said it's clear the Republican-led elections investigation has turned up nothing that even suggests widespread voter fraud occurred in 2020 while racking up expenses for taxpayers. And when it comes to those lucky numbers, you might get ready to roll them as the lottery creeps up over $1 billion. Best of luck to you. Yeah, nice way to call in on Monday, right? But not right now. Got to go back, do those chores, and to the barn we had with Joe Welke in the Midwest Farm Show. And then after six, Alex Edwards comes in and tries to keep those plates in the air as well. But more often than not, we hear crashing in the background, right? We're live, local, and right along with you on Wax 104.5. Well, thank you, Morgan, for that update. And thanks for getting us going here. She's good with getting me the news, even though I couldn't grab that other stuff. We're going to do a few more chores and some... I have some interviews I'd like to play from last night's beef show or yesterday's beef show at Eau Claire County Fair. And Brent Wink is busy across the desk from me working on what he's going to talk about. I'm at the Eau Claire County Fair. I caught up with a young gentleman that... Did real good job in the beef show this year. Mr. Hayden Erdman, tell me about what you showed and how you placed. Well, I showed my heifer first, which was in the Semitol class, and I got middle in my class, which was third place. You also showed a cow-calf pair. Tell me about them. So my cow-calf, I won first in my class with her, and I won in... And there's only one class, so I got champion semitall cow-calf. Then I went in for the champion drive and won grand champion cow-calf. And then I took my calf in for bread and owned calf, and she won grand champion bread and owned calf. Tell me a little bit about the semitall cow-calf pair. I bought it from... Sandbox Farms in Almond, Wisconsin, my cow, when she was half a year old. So when she was a heifer, you bought her, so you've had her for quite a while. What's her name, and what does she have for a calf? Her name's Sandbox Misbelief. 
and her calf is DVS Miss Lovely K. How old is this calf? She was born on March 2nd of 2022. Are you able to lead her all by yourself? Yeah. Do you take care of her every day and feed her and wash her and do everything that they need? Yeah, unless I'm like at home sick or something. To wrap up the show, you took part in showmanship. How long have you shown and how did that go? I've been showing for two years. This is my second year showing pigs and beef. And how I did in showmanship is I won the class with taking in my cow. What did the judge say when you were in there for showmanship? He said, you're good with um, setting her up and stuff. Just calm down a little bit and have fun. Good advice, good advice for all of us. And that was Hayden Erdman of the Russell Corner Badgers 4-H Club here at the Eau Claire County Fair. And I'm Joe Welke. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's quarter to six, 57 degrees out there. And it's time to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity Altoona. Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.20 to $1.38 with a top of $1.41. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.18 to $1.36. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.24 to $1.28. We had a top of $1.29.5. Choice Holstein steers, $1.14 to $1.23. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.13 and down. Top 20% of the cold cows sold from 77 to 93. We had a top of 95. 60% of the cows sold from 57 to 76. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 56 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 90 to $1.10. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 89 and down. Cold bulls sold from 85 to $1.05. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. Calf market this week, much lower. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 20 to $60 per head on Thursday. Light and poor quality calves sold from $20 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 50 to $125 per head. Butcher hogs on Thursday sold from 85 to 92 our next special feeder sale is this Friday, July 28th, starting at noon. We are expecting 250 to 300 head for that sale. We have several big groups of Holsteins and beef calves. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Assignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we have Jerry Fitzgerald on the line from Equity Stratford. What's going on over in Stratford? Yeah, good morning to you. It's a nice morning over here, 54 degrees, and just looks like another another real nice day on tap, so I suppose we better enjoy these before the heat rolls in next week, huh? Yeah, well, we're giving our air conditioners a little bit of a break, and then we turn them, crank them back up. Yep, well, anyway, uh, as long as we're on the line here, we might as well recap the market. How about we do that? Absolutely. 
All right, Joe, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. Summary from uh, yesterday and this past week here at Equity Stratford. And we'll start out with the cow market, the conventional marketing cows. On yesterday's sale, the high-yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows selling mostly from 73 to 85. Uh, fancy cows this week did top all the way to 91. Most of the cows this week were selling between 58 and 72. Thinner cows, plainer cows, 55 and below. On the bull trade this past week, better quality bulls mostly from ninety five to a dollar twelve, lighter weight bulls ninety and below. Red cattle trade, choice grading Holstein steers are selling from 117 to 130. Uh, high yielding choice, strictly prime Holsteins from 130 to 137 and a half. Uh, that was on Wednesday's auction. Uh, select grading cattle, uh, heavy over finished cattle, 150. Low. Now on the calf market this week, uh, definitely a lower trend on the bull calves. Hosting bull calves uh, mostly from 40 to 120. Earlier in the week on Monday's auction, we did see some uh, fancy bull calves top at 145. Calves this week, mostly $50 and below. Uh, beef calves, 175 to 300. And extreme top of those also on Monday's auction, that was at 390. And I want to take a look at the sales schedule for next week here at Equity Stratford, full marketing week on tap. And uh, ooh, we get to start off in August already next week. So uh, full marketing week, like I said, our next hay and bedding sale will be next Tuesday, August 2nd at 10 o'clock. Our next uh, dairy cattle sale also next Tuesday. That will be at 11. And our next feeder cattle sale will be next uh, Wednesday at 12 noon. Now, that will be a special bread beef cow sale next Wednesday, also featuring that uh, we will also have bulls. And uh, we do have uh, cow-calf pairs already consigned and bread beef cows. So if you folks want to consign some cattle, just let us know. 687-4101, we'll put them on the consignment list. But again, that will be next Wednesday here at Stratford, special bread beef cow sale and breeding bull sale. So, Jill, that's what we have uh, for the folks here on a Friday morning. Uh, you enjoy your weekend. Take it easy. Don't work too hard. And we'll be back here, all you girls, on Monday morning. You bet. And make sure you get out there a little bit this weekend because next week you may not want to be. Yeah, we got plenty on the schedule for all week. Big tractor pull at Edgar this weekend. So a lot of stuff going on, but that keeps us busy because, you know, look at the calendar. Uh, summer doesn't last all that long. And... Pretty soon we'll be talking about that other that, that other season, you know. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. I don't either. Okay, I didn't bring it up. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Have a great one. You bet, Joe. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. Let's take a last look at our markets. The Chicago Board of Trade. Corn for December is at six twenty two, up three cents. Oats for December is at four thirty five, down two and a half cents. Soybeans for November is at fourteen fifty eight, up seventeen cents. With wheat for December at nine oh seven, up a dime. Local country elevators, wheat and grain, Connorsville and Chippewa Falls locations at six twenty two for corn and fifteen ten for soybeans. Doomer's Grain of Holman is at six seventy for corn and fifteen eighty for soybeans. Golden Plump of Arcadia is at six twenty eight. Baldwin is at six thirty eight and fifteen thirty seven. Duran's at six thirty three and fifteen thirty two. Durand is at Mondovi's at six forty three and fifteen thirty seven. Elmwood's at six forty three and fifteen forty two for soybeans. Fall Creek's at six twenty eight for corn and fifteen twelve for soybeans. Osu's at six thirty three and fifteen fifty for soybeans. Elk Mound is at six thirty three and fifteen twelve. Sparta's at six sixty eight and fifteen eighty fourteen eighty seven. Ellsworth's at six eighteen and fifteen oh seven. And our ethanol plants, Boyceville's at six. 
78, when Stanley's at 680, and New Richmond's at 675. And in our cheese markets, barrels are at six one. Hmm, excuse me, one eighty four and a half down eleven and a quarter. Forty pound blocks are one eighty five down eight and three quarters. Our gray double A butters at two ninety five and a half down three and three quarters. And our class three milks for July is at twenty two fifty four up three cents. August is at twenty seventeen down fifty cents. September's at nineteen eighty three down forty nine cents. And we're gonna do. And we're gonna run right over to. Brent Wink and Covering the Crops, sponsored by Winfield United, Ag Division of Land O'Lakes. Brent, how did that tractor pull go last weekend? Incredible. Just an unbelievable turnout. I think they said that they had the most hooks ever or in a long time. I think almost close to 200 different hooks that night. The stands were full, a beautiful night. And it's just, gal, I love fair season. Just incredible. A did lot you? going on. Did you run out of jokes and everything too, or were you? You know, they had two different sleds going, and so it was like crazy to like keep it keep track of it. So I didn't get to tell any of Bob's dirty jokes on the air, and just kind (laughs) of trying to keep all the drivers straight and interviewing a couple of people along the way. And the number of younger kids, you know, getting into the polling scene as well. That was really neat to see. Had some of them uh, up in the booth and talked to some of them. So it was just as really neat to see out of there. I think by. 1.30 a.m. I think the last tractor went down the track at about quarter after one, so they did an excellent job. Well, that's good. And, you know, it's really good to see them getting out. And part of some of those tractor pulls and horse pulls, I think they're really, people are like being out and being together again. Yes, it's we were cooped up far too long, so it's a beautiful time to do that and take advantage of summer. So, Well, we better get on to covering the crop. Yeah, so, so kind of a... Several calls this week, and kind of every year, you know, on farmers' minds, we're seeing all these beautiful green cornfields, and to most people, it's like, well, that should be fine. But this year, we kind of had some delayed planting in some areas, kind of crops all over the board. So I thought, you know, I, I get a lot of questions about, you know, will my corn make it for some of these late-planted corn? Uh, what will my yields be? How much drier gas will I need? So I thought, well, let's just go over some math and just kind of talk about where we're at with the corn. So, you know, we really, we look for a stress-free grain fill period, and that maximizes our yield potential. When we see severe stress during grain fill, such as middle of next week, if we're trying to pollinate during during these really, really high heat uh, times, we can really kind of suffer a little bit. So that upper leaf canopy is really where we get a lot of our grain fill from. That's why we really see it as such an advantage with the fungicide applications. But corn goes from vegetative to reproductive. So during vegetative, it's just trying to grow a plant, and then it turns over to reproductive where it tries to fill grain. So at tasseling, really the first reproductive stage is silking. So you see the grain ears there and the silks coming out and every one of those silks is attached to a kernel on that ear and we need that pollen to to pollinate that plant and kind of see kind of sets the stage then for our grain fill period so uh, silking is considered r1 or reproductive one stage and really we need we've got about a about a 10-day period to get all of those uh, kernels pollinated and once that happens, we can actually pull those ears apart. You can see how well 
it's pollinated at that point. You can count how many kernels around. You can kind of see what kind of opportunity you have for that. But then about 12 days after silking, after they've been pollinated, we get to what we call blister stage or reproductive stage two. So that's 12 days after silking. And really, we those kernels are are just blisters on that ear. After that, we go into the milk stage. So that's reproductive three. That's that's about 20 days after silking. Here, those kernels are mostly yellow, but they still contain a, a milky white fluid. And at that stage, we still got probably 50 to 60% of our yield to determine and to fill yet. After milk stage, we go to what's called dough stage. This takes about 25 days after silking. And kernel moisture is still up in that 70-75%. Then when we get to R5 or dent stage, that's about a month after silking. Still we've got a fair amount of, of grain fill that's happening or needs to happen even at the dent stage. The final stage for the corn is, is what we call physiological maturity. So that, that takes almost two months after silking for it to reach maturity. Even at that point, it's still probably 30% grain. So 30, maybe 35% grain yet. So we we'll still will need an additional 10 or 15 days to get it down to what we would consider kind of combinable moisture, getting it down into the low 20s for uh, our moisture for combining. So basically you take all that math together from the time that corn plant tassels and and the silks start coming out on the ears, we need 60 to 70 days. So, you know, for some of the growers that are still waiting for tassel and silking to happen with some of this late planted corn, we really need to avoid frosts on some of that till end of September, middle of October. Uh, so there's still a lot of growing season that needs to happen out there with these crops. Obviously, some of the early planted stuff around the light soils, uh, it's looking pretty good. Um, but I, I think we're going to have, you know, a little extra dryer gas this year. We certainly need to make sure that we have kind of a fuller season and not get an early frost. So so even though those plants look so good and so perfect out there right now, there's still a lot of season that needs to to happen yet another 60 to 70 days so that's kind of what's going on in the cornfields right now uh one last thing i just wanted to throw out i'll talk about it a little bit more but august 24th we're going to have a field day over at menominee for the synergy co-op 10 a.m till 2 p.m and then august 25th at the same menominee plot out there at ron procno farms uh, alcivia is having their co-op day so i'll talk more about those days as we get closer but that's kind of what's going on out in the fields right now, Jill. A lot of growing. And that was Brent Wink covering the crops, brought to you by Winfield United Ag Division of Land O' Lakes.